All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Five oh five, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is a Thursday evening. Be chatting with uh, Jason Biarras, the Attorney General of our beloved Commonwealth, in just a moment. A lot to uh, unpack with the Attorney General. Loudoun County Schools fired the school superintendent, which is the right move. But it only came about because Governor Yunkin had called for a special grand jury to investigate what was going on in Loudoun. And it was craziness, as you know. Absolute craziness. And how how blatant a disregard for appropriate action does it have to be for that, that Loudoun County School Board to make the right decision and fire him? Well, they did. But what is next? Now, we know that the Attorney General has has told us on a number of occasions, hey, we have to look out for our children in school. Same thing that Governor Yunkin has said. So where do we go from here? What is next? I'm happy to say our Attorney General, Jason Miares, is uh, joining us. Mr. Attorney General, welcome. Jeff, great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, the pleasure is always mine. Let's let's jump right into this Loudon thing because boy, this this was a huge issue. It it was a big big game changer, I think, in our statewide elections. Can you sort of uh, unpack what happened there and why we had the grand jury and what they've actually recommended? Well, I mean, uh, just so everybody knows, this dates back to the governor signed an executive order authorizing my office to investigate and get to the truth of what happened in Loudoun County with the, um, with the sexual assault that took place at, at two different high schools by the same assailant. Uh, it became quickly apparent to my team and to me as, as we were beginning this investigation that we were going to need to impanel a special grand jury mm-hmm. uh, to really get to the truth with subpoena and, and the power to compel testimony. And so, uh, the grand jury. And in many ways, I think this is the way an investigation should be done. Very opposite of what you see in Washington, D.C., where uh, grand jury testimony is oftentimes leaked in real time by the, the Justice Department and others up in D.C. The opposite happened here. This grand jury was impaneled. We didn't tell a single soul it was impaneled. Uh, we want to be professional to our job. The only reason it became public was the Loudoun County School Board uh, made a filing that was not under seal opposing the creation uh, of, of, and opposing the, our authority to even investigate them. Uh, if it wasn't for that, uh, people rightly so wouldn't know about the grand jury's existence until the grand jury concluded with its report. But it does show that there were systematic failures. I think the grand jury report is uh, um, really, even from the first incident where the 
uh, a teacher walk into a bathroom and, and in the handicap stall notices, there are two people in the handicap stall at the time the sexual assault, according to the grand jury report, is taking place and does nothing about it, does not report it to a single person. Uh, the fact that the, the uh, assailant was on campus for three hours before they could even find him, but they found the time to send out a, an email uh, criticizing the father who was showing up very, very upset about the fact that his daughter was a victim of a sexual assault. The fact that, um, uh, you know, that, that you had meetings right after this about the fact uh, of what, what were the policies in place in Loudoun County schools. And finally, um, you know, you have this horrific incident of, and it's in the grand jury report, I encourage every Virginia to read it, of the, the mother of the assailant the mother of the of the of the um, now the person has pled guilty to several accounts meeting with the principal of the high school saying your lenient policies are actually enabling my child. Um, I think all of that shows collectively at a time when the victim needed people to stand up when the victim needed people that believe in accountability and transparency. Uh, by those in charge, it wasn't done. If you look at the grand jury report, and they say explicitly that, uh, but for some of the actions by Loudoun County officials, a sexual assault would never have taken place. The second sexual assault would have never taken place. And I think all of that collectively uh, should disturb every parent. Hopefully it's a lesson to every single uh, school board and, and local administrators in every locality uh, your number one job is to protect our kids and to ask hard questions and seek accountability and transparency. And so I'm proud, so proud of the work that uh, my special investigative team uh, here at the AG's office that we had tasked with investigating this. They worked with the grand jury, produced a large number of witnesses and evidence for their review. And uh, I thank the grand jurors. Uh, it was a very professional job. It never leaked uh, by their end either and they were very very professional and diligent and and how they uh how they conducted themselves so i'm grateful for the work they did i'm grateful for the work for the people in my office and Kayla, i'm grateful that the governor entrusted us to to lead this investigation and for the end result i i'm going to ask you to expand a little bit on on one thing you just said that the mother of the assailant actually told the loudon county public school principal that it was the policies of the school board, these lenient, I would say ridiculous, but I guess she said lenient policies that, that enabled and were enabling to him to commit these crimes. Well, it is in the, uh, it is in the grand jury report. Uh, it is 24 pages, not counting the 24 pages. There's about another 60, 70 um, uh, uh, pages of exhibits, but, um, um, but in the, in the report, it, it, she talked about the fact that this is the grand jury report that she views her son as a sociopath, uh, that, um, she had been begging for schools for years, uh, to get potentially to, to, to help uh, with the consequences. And, um, uh, and she felt like she wasn't being listened to. She was bringing up, she had great, great concerns about this, this juvenile's actions and conduct uh, in school. Uh, and, and they were essentially not being listened to. So, I mean, you have, 
you have a systematic breakdown, breakdown from the very first sexual assault, if you look at the grand jury report, of what happened. Uh, when a teacher walked in the bathroom uh, and failed to report that there were multiple, I, I don't know what high school they went to, another high school I went to, that would have that would have immediately had corrective action. And, and the grand jury report says, quote, they failed at every juncture. Um, and uh, they also, you know, in their exact words, the sex and sexual assault could have and should have been prevented. That's from the grand jury report. And so uh, we are very grateful for their work. And listen, I think the the decision by the uh, by the school board to, to um you know, at least they're beginning to address, I think, the concerns by the grand jury report. And listen, I'm going to be a little bit limited what I can say because the grand jury remains in panel um, and there's some decisions that we're going to be making. But I want to do commend the, the work they did and the, and, the, and the team that I have and the trust the governor put in us to try to, to, get, to, the, to get to what happened. Uh, Jason, let me ask you and I remind everybody that Attorney General Jason Miares is joining us. Uh, in terms of the school superintendent who was fired, is there a process for licensing superintendents in the Commonwealth? Does he lose the ability to go to another school division and do the same sort of nonsense? I mean, is he done or can he work still in schools? I, I, are you, are you talking, I'm sorry, you cut out. You're talking about, can the superintendent be hired by another school? Was that your question? Yeah, in other words, is he going to lose as a result of his behavior in Loudoun? Will he lose whatever we as a state do in terms of credentialing? Well, I mean, listen, I would have to candidly look into that. I know they terminated him, but without cause. So he is eligible for a year's salary and his car allowance and all of his benefits for the next 12 months. Um, I, I, I know that he can obviously superintendents come from all over the country and he can obviously look to try to find a similar job in a similar school district that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think the school districts are going to have to decide themselves in the grand jury report, whether they're going to want to, um, retain him in any capacity whatsoever. Uh, I, I would have to actually get back on that, whether okay. this automatically somehow disqualified i never i never like to to make a definitive statement about what the law is unless i know definitively what it is and so well, I'm gonna, i appreciate I'm gonna that. giving you an answer yeah. i appreciate that that's uh uh i'm not pointing any fingers but that is in stark contrast yeah. to some other folks i've heard who have held that ag post yeah uh, let, let, let me ask you about the initiative that uh, that you have one pill can kill because this is this is vitally important stuff well you know we have um um, we, we have seen a, a crisis unlike anything we've ever seen, uh, in Virginia, four people die a day from, uh, overdoses, a hundred thousand have died in the last 12 months. And uh, I view it as chemical warfare, the fentanyl coming over the border. It is now showing up in everything, not just in heroin. It's showing up in marijuana. I have I've had a DEA that shared me photographs of, of pressed pills that were shaped like Flintstone vitamins, they're actually fentanyl. And, you know, enough fentanyl on my fingernail can kill every single person in the studio you're in right now multiple times over. Enough fentanyl crosses our southern border to kill every American twice over. There was a study out of Stanford that said by the year 2029 of the current trajectory, 1.2 million Americans are going to die 
overdose. So I, I never like to use the term crisis. Too many politicians use it. It has reached a crisis uh, portion. And part of what our, we're doing, obviously, uh, seeking tougher penalties on drug dealers, but also getting information to those struggling with addiction. And so we started the One Pill Can Kill. We had two children, a 15 and a 14-year-old. They were at a party. Somebody came up to them and said, hey, why don't you try this? It's a Percocet. It wasn't a Percocet. It was actually fentanyl. It looked like Percocet. They died. There's a child in Warren County who thought they were taking a Xanax. Same thing. And so what we're trying to emphasize is all it takes is one pill to rob you of your dreams, to rob you of your um, aspirations, to really uh, devastate a family because it is now showing up in so many different places. Unless it's from your pharmacist, do not put it in your body. Uh, but just the, the, the scourge of addiction. And so, you know, for anybody who's listening as a loved one, I mean, so many people, and if you're struggling with it, what we try to tell people is people think it's a sign of weakness to ask for help. It's not. It's one of the bravest, noblest thing you could do is just to admit, you know what, I can't do this on my own. And, um, you know, we've launched the One Pill Can Kill to both warn people, but also to tell people, you know what, we have resources. Uh, there, there are so many different avenues you can go to get on the road to recovery it's the, it's the greatest sign of strength and courage you can ever do, and your loved ones will always be grateful for it. And take that step. You can walk a thousand steps down the road of, of addiction. It takes one step to begin the road back, begin that one step, and just admit you need help. And that's a big part of what our public service announcement is about. Well, listen, I, I appreciate uh, the work that you and the, uh, the folks at the AG's office are doing. I, I appreciate it. I'm proud of it. I'm inspired by it. And I, I always thank you for, uh, for joining us on a regular basis. I don't know that I'll chat with you be, uh, before Christmas, so let me wish you and your beautiful family uh, a very Merry Christmas. Merry and blessed Christmas to you all, and I and, uh, hope everybody has a great end of the year of uh, time with family and reflection. Thank you, sir. That is Jason Biars. He is the Attorney General of our beloved Commonwealth. He's a good guy. I'm going to get a copy of this um, a grand jury report and uh, go through it and see what else is in there. But it, it sure sounds to me like the AG's office did exactly uh, what the governor needed them to do. That special grand jury did what they needed to do. And now it's up to us to hold everybody accountable. 516 Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.